0: If you remember last week, uh, we we started in on uh, kind of a theme that I feel like God's going to be leading us on for a little while, not a series, just leading us down a road of talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit being alive in our lives. We, we started in Ezekiel 37 last week, and we talked about how Ezekiel was given the command to prophesy over this valley of dry bones, how um, he... Uh, he, he He prophesied breath into the lungs. He prophesied for skin and for tendon and for, and for muscle to be formed on these. And, uh, but but really, what I feel like God was speaking to us out of all of it, the big takeaway was really the need for the breath and the spirit of God to be alive in His body and the body of Christ and the church, not just in us as individuals. Well, I want to kind of continue and like almost tag on to that. Um, What we talked about last week, because I feel like God's got us on a little bit of a journey here. I, I think he wants to revive his church. I think he wants to, Not. I don't think, I actually know. I know he wants revival in his church. I know he wants his church to be a living, breathing organism that is effective for his kingdom, amen? And so we are tagging on to that and we are continuing on with that. And uh, it it may be a month, it may be a couple weeks, I really don't know. But the Lord has started to take me through scriptures and and through different things about the Holy Spirit. And and we are going to go on this journey until he says to stop and move on to something else. Um, Today I want us to start with Ezekiel 37 verse 14, just one verse this morning. Um, We'll have a lot of other scriptures going on, but I want to start here where we ended. Uh, So if you would turn to Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 14, and when you got it, if you would just stand to your feet, if you're able to, just so I know you're ready. And uh, if you don't have a Bible with you today, it will be on the screen. Um, All right, you guys are fast, real fast. And so uh, this is what it says. I'm using the English Standard Version this morning. And this is where we ended last week. It says, And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. He says, I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. How many know that if God says it, he'll do it? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we move forward today in your word, I pray that you would just add your anointing and your blessing to it, God. Open our ears and our hearts and minds to hear, understand, and receive from you today. And let us walk out of here different than what we came in. In your name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated today. Like I said, we're going to continue on this journey. And I want us to first understand that the Holy Spirit isn't just a gift for a very special select group of people. It truly is for the entire body of Christ. In Acts chapter 2, Peter talks about the prophecy back in Joel where God says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. It's for all generations. It's for, all, it's for both men and women. It's for all ages. It's for all ethnicities. It's not a, an exclusive thing for just certain people. It's not just for the preachers. It's not just for the, for the worshipers and, and the worship team. It's for all people. Uh, I I said it last week, uh, people will ask, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? I said, I I feel like I need the Holy Spirit just to go to Walmart sometimes. Uh, As the Spirit works in in more than just speaking in tongues, it's more than just dancing and and shouting. It's so much more than that. And we're going to start diving into those things today. And uh, maybe we'll finish all of these today, maybe we won't. Um, but I want us to start this journey, and I want to start with Romans 8.11, and it'll be on the screen. And this really, really does kind of tack on to what we talked about last week, and then we will move on from here. But this is what it says in Romans 8.11, and I will be using the English Standard Translation uh, throughout this morning as well. So if it reads a little different than what you may have in your Bible, if you use a King James or whatever, that, that's why. It says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I want to talk about the life that the Spirit of God gives. And more specifically, raising us out of our death in sin because truly we we may be alive in our mortal bodies we we may have breath in our lungs and we may walk around this earth but like I even talked about last week you really don't have much of a life until you have the holy spirit living inside of you it it's what gives us a spiritual life i i, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble but none of us myself included are saved and and sanctified and and living for God today because we were so brilliant and intelligent that we we found Jesus on our own, that we realized that this is the right way in our own self. If we were left to our own devices, we would still be dead in our sin. But God in His sovereign grace in our life sent his Holy Spirit to work in, the, in this world. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later, but Jesus even told his disciples the Holy Spirit was sent to convict the world in their sin so that way they could understand judgment and righteousness and that way they could understand that, okay, this way of life that I'm in is not correct and that there is more going on than just, than just walking around this earth. There is a life to be lived, and it comes through the Holy Spirit living within us. You truly are missing out on so much life if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in you. And I love how it talks about the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Because when you read a lot of the Old Testament scriptures, it talks about David and different kings and prophets, and it's how the Spirit came upon them, and then they prophesied the spirit came upon them but what the scriptures telling us now is that holy spirit dwells within us so it's not just a momentary thing and an encounter that we have that's for a unique special occasion it is now part of our daily life the holy spirit is now with us in everything that we do that's why i say i need the holy spirit to go to walmart Because how many know sometimes there is a lot of craziness in the world. Sometimes your patience patience isn't where it should be. Sometimes you are having a bad day. The customer service isn't what you think it should be. They won't take your return. They won't do this. They won't do that. And the parking lot's nuts. You can't find a parking space. And it wears on you. And you need the Holy Spirit to rise up in you just to give you a good attitude. There, there is a life that comes through the Holy Spirit, and that's why you need it every day. Every day. You won't make it in this world without the Holy Spirit. And like I said before, what kind of life would you really have without the Holy Spirit? It wouldn't be good. The Holy Spirit is also uh, not just to give us life, which is probably, I hate to say the most important, but it's it's. It's very important because nothing else would come with it without that. But in John 14, verses 26, it says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So not only does it give us life, but it actually gives us a brain. It gives us a spiritual way of thinking. And what I mean by that is what the Scripture says here. It says, He will teach you all things. When you get into the Word of God and begin to read, the Holy Spirit will begin to make that come alive in your life. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the Word of God is a living and effective Word. It's, it's, it's alive. It's not just an ancient text from thousands of years ago, where, where it doesn't apply anymore. But it can appear that way if you don't read it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. See, Leviticus can be difficult to read. It is difficult to read uh, if you don't have the eyes of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will work in you, and it will connect the things in Leviticus to the things in Hebrews and, and the other New Testament texts, and it will bring it to life to see how it applies to us still today. See, see, you can read the Gospels and you can see the workings of Jesus. We just did a series on the miracles of Jesus and how if he did it then, he can still do it today. And we saw how God will still provide today and we saw how it can apply to us still. But, but those things really only happen when you can read the Scripture through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. It, that's what brings the Word of God to life in us. He also goes on to say which this is just as good as knowing it is being able to remember it. He says he says he will teach you all things but he will also bring it to your remembrance. So in other words when you are in a situation maybe it's at Walmart maybe it's just you're at home and you got more bills and you got money in the bank and you got all these issues going on the holy spirit will rise up in you and it will bring to your remembrance the scriptures that will bring peace to your situation. Oh, help me, Lord. All those things you have learned. And but but here's the key. He says you'll bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. See, it won't come to your memory unless it's already in, in you to begin with. See, so many times I'm I'm gonna sidestep here just for a moment. So many times we want God to speak to us in a supernatural way. We want God to give us all these big grand answers out of, out of nowhere when he's given us an entire book full of the things that he has said to us. And see, when you spend the time in the Bible and you spend time reading his word, you, you don't need some, some voice from the heavens to open up in, a, in this booming way. You have the word of God inside of you, and he will take the, the word that he spoke in the book and bring it to life in your spirit to apply to your situation. But it will only come back to your remembrance if you've spent the time to read it to start. You're not going to all of a sudden know the Psalms. You're not going to all of a sudden know Proverbs. You're not going to all of a sudden know the book of Romans if you've never even opened the pages. But what the Spirit of God does is after you have spent time praying and, and, and spending time in the Word, is in those days and times when you need to hear from God. He will take His Word and He will bring it up from where you've stored it away in here and in here. And you will be able to have that in your mind and in your heart to bring peace in the middle of your storm. The Holy Spirit is so important for this. There, are, there have been so many times in my life, from, from little issues to big issues, where I needed to hear from God and it and it was because I had spent some time reading the word and and trying to understand it and learn it. And because I put the time in, God said, I'll send my Holy Spirit so when you need it, it'll come to you. Come and if we don't if we don't have that working in our life, no wonder people who who don't read the word and have the Holy Spirit struggle so much. That they don't have anything to speak to. Like, has anybody ever want, been like, man, I wish I just had somebody to talk to about this. I wish somebody could just tell me what I need to do. Can I tell you there is somebody who tells you what you need to do? The problem is, is we haven't invested enough in the relationship to open the door for those conversations. We, we've, and sometimes we, we do the other thing where we spend so much time talking, we never take any time to listen there is so much to be had in the holy spirit i'm i'm we're really just scratching the surface of all of this to go along with helping and teaching us uh, the holy spirit also convicts us now that's not something we like to talk about a whole lot in the church anymore and in, in the world we don't like the word conviction well we do we don't like what it's supposed to be. Let me, let me read this to you. John chapter 16, verse 7 and 8 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. If it wasn't for conviction, we would never know when we were heading in the wrong direction. We would never be able to look and see the light of truth in God's Word. We would never know that the path we were on, like we would not be saved without conviction. But we don't like to talk about it the way Scripture talks about it. See, we like to shift it and we like to say, well, my conviction is this, and your conviction might be different than my conviction, but that's really rocky ground. I get leery of that because that's, there's a lot of room there for you to put too much of yourself instead of letting the Holy Spirit be the one that decides what's right and what's wrong and putting that in you. See, when we start to say my conviction, we're saying what my flesh has said is okay. Is okay. That's very dangerous ground. And it gets to be even more dangerous when we read in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. That, that, that's heavy. You can actually sear your conscience from being able to hear from the Holy Spirit regarding your sin, righteousness, and judgment. You can sear that to where where you have ignored it so much, you have built up a callous to the moving of the Holy Spirit in your life, to where conviction does not have power in your life. Conviction is a powerful thing. Conviction is what leads us to repentance, to where we can be changed and transformed to be more holy and look more like Christ. Without conviction, there is no growth spiritually. Without conviction, there are many people, even in this room, who would not have ever bowed their knee at the foot of the cross. But it took the moving of the Holy Spirit to work. I still need conviction today. Like I said, going back to needing the Holy Spirit at Walmart, I need the Holy Spirit to convict me and say, listen, your attitude's getting a little bit out of line. You're being impatient. Relax. Come on. I- I'm being real with you today, and that's just a little thing. I think if we're, if we're all honest with ourselves today and with God, we could honestly say, Lord, we, we really do need your convicting power in the Holy Spirit. If we really want to be honest about like, we don't like to admit that we even need conviction because to admit that we even need conviction is to admit that we actually do something wrong once in a while. Uh-huh. Help us. And God forbid that we, ad- we admit that we have faults. But th- if we're going to be real today, none of us are perfect. Come on. Come on. And I'm thankful for conviction because although I'm not perfect... Conviction keeps me wandering off into sin. And I am grateful for it today. But not just, the Holy Spirit's not just to give us life, to help us, to teach us, and to bring conviction upon us upon us when we need it. It, 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 it goes so much, even more than that. He also intercedes for us. And I touched on this just briefly last week. Romans chapter 8 verses 26 through 27 says this, likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the, knows what is the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That is such a powerful thing to think about and to have in our life. This Holy Spirit, when we don't have words and we don't have enough understanding about what's even happening in our life, the Holy Spirit searches our hearts and, it, and He sees what's going on in our hearts. The, the, the anxiety we feel, the, the, the pressures, the stresses, the worries all of those things he sees those things and after he evaluates what's going on in our life he goes to the father on our behalf and intercedes to us according to the will of God that's crazy that that like it, it, a whole nother teaching that is to come on on praying in the spirit praying in tongues that's that's coming down the road and I'll get more in depth on it but but to think that the Holy Spirit will step into our situation on our behalf. See, far too often, we start praying things and praying for things and about things, and, and we're polluting our prayer with our own will. Help us. Help us. We're, we're, we actually get to the point where we think our will is God's will, and what we're really doing is when we pray, we're trying to convince our, we're trying to convince God that our will is the right will. We're trying to pray for His stamp of approval on our will, rather than seeking and finding what His will would be for us. And see, the thing is, is sometimes He does give us our will, and then we got to pray our way out of the hole that we dug. That, that that that's why, to me, it's almost it's almost like, Lord, I just want to just only pray in the Holy Spirit. I don't even want to have words. I'd just let the Holy Spirit do all the praying because I'd rather your will be done in everything and this way I don't have to worry about myself getting in the way. He intercedes for us. It's like the direct line. I know we don't have operators and stuff anymore. I know back Long time ago, you have to call an operator and they'd have to connect you or whatever. And they, they got a, an old hymn out there Jesus on the mainline. That, that's really what we're working with when we pray in the Spirit. It is a direct connection from our spirit and our heart and what's going on in our life to the throne room of God. And His will is what is being sought out. That's powerful and we're going to talk more about praying in the spirit in another another week but, but but for right now just knowing that he intercedes for us that brings such a peace to my spirit knowing that i don't have to figure out anything like like we try to figure out our problems and we try to figure out all these things but i don't like when you have the holy spirit alive and well inside of you you don't even have to know how to pray and you don't, like, you don't have to know what the right words are, because there have been times where I have honestly gone to God and said, Lord, I don't even know what to pray. And that's when the Holy Spirit has come alive and, and worked its way up in me, and I started praying in the groanings and the, and the tongues that I could not utter any other way. And through the working of the Holy Spirit, God's will was done in that situation, whether I even realized it or not. And I, I don't want to get too far into that because we're going to talk more about that at a later time. Really today what I want us to do is, is get through the surface and through the, the essentials, the, the Holy Spirit 101, if you will, of how he works in our lives. He goes on from being an interceder and we go into him being a comforter. Romans 15, 13 says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. See, there are so many things in this world that we look to for comfort, yet they are so limited in their capacity to really provide comfort. See, when we look to things in this world knowing this world is a temporary place and the things that are in it are temporary the the comfort we can get from those things are also temporary mm-hmm. you see if somebody f- looks for comfort in a bottle eventually that bottle's going to run dry if somebody's looking for comfort in drugs or or a buffet for some people and i've talked about gluttony before People are looking for those things, comfort in those things. Well, guess what? Eventually, the drugs run out, the high wears off. Eventually, they close the buffet down. And if if you eat enough, they'll kick you out and ban you. I'm not saying I know that from experience. But I know somebody who does. And you won't have that comfort anymore. But there is a comfort that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit that is limitless. It doesn't close down. It doesn't run out. It fully and completely abounds within us. And we abound in hope. See, in my most distressed times, the most comforting thing was hope. The ability to look at a situation and say through the power of the Holy Spirit and be able to look at it and say this too shall pass. And even going back to him being a helper and a teacher to where he also goes and reminds us of scriptures to be able to look at a situation and find comfort knowing that weeping only endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. To be able to also look at a situation and say that he that is in us is is greater than he that is in the world to look at the situation and say, I know that I am more than a conqueror through Christ. This this is what gives me hope. It is through the working of the Holy Spirit. And see, I also find the comfort, I ordered it this way because I need to be reminded of Scripture. I need Scripture to work and be alive in my life to where I can remember it. I need conviction because sometimes comfort comes in conviction knowing that you're turning things around. But then I I also find comfort through intercession and and the Holy Spirit praying on my behalf, knowing that after I've prayed, the will of God has been prayed for and that it is the will of God that is going to be done. That brings me comfort. Through the Holy Spirit, we can find comfort. See, like I said, this, this isn't all about shouting and Loud and dancing and those things are okay. I'm not saying those things are wrong. David danced when they brought the ark back, and like there there is times to dance and shout and run, but there are times when when you really what you really need is some comfort and you need some, some Scripture remembered, you need some intercessory prayer on your behalf, and sometimes you can't find anybody else to pray for you. you got to pray for yourself. you got to lay hands on yourself, and when you fall out, you got to catch yourself. you got to cover yourself with a modesty cloth, and then you got to pick yourself back up when God's through with you. Because you don't always have access to somebody else to pray for you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Not only does the Holy Spirit do all of these things, but he also brings transformation in our life. Talked a little bit about that with conviction. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18, he says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit will transform you. It convicts you to bring you to repentance and all of that, but then it works in your life. The Spirit of God will work in your life to take you from where you were at that moment to take you to the next level in your faith. The Spirit will lead you from glory to glory. And the whole purpose of it is to transform you, like the Scripture says, and this is a whole nother message that could be preached on, is that we are looking at the glory of the Lord. It's like we're looking in a mirror at the glory of the Lord, and we are being transformed into that image. Come on. In other words, this Holy Spirit works in us to transform us, to make us more like Christ, to make us more into His image than we've ever been before. There's a whole nother sermon to be preached on that, and that, and maybe it will be preached at some point. But I want you to understand today that the Holy Spirit is also here to transform you. That the stuff that you're stuck in right now, the messes you are in, the attitude that you deal with, the anxiety that you deal with, the depression that you deal with, the addictions that you deal with, you don't have to continue to deal with. You don't have to stay at that level. You don't have to stay stuck. It's actually God's will that you be transformed and be freed from those things. You shouldn't be held captive by those things. God's will is for you to walk in freedom and truth. Amen. I've got just a couple more for you today. Galatians 5:22 through 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. The Holy Spirit will produce fruit in your life. Spiritual fruit in your life. And more specifically, these fruits in your life. He will help you be patient. He will empower you to be kind and to have joy and peace in your life. And in fact, the fruit is a sign that the Holy Spirit is within you. There are people who will who will talk in tongues and run and dance and shout, but then they will go to Walmart and they will go to the deli. They will go wherever afterwards. They'll go to the restaurant to eat after church, and they will cuss out their waiter or waitress. They will treat them like garbage, and then they don't tip them. And listen, I, feel, I really truly believe that believers should be the greatest tippers of all time. I, I believe in blessing people. I know sometimes you don't think the service is all that great, but you don't, you don't know what's going on in somebody's life to where the fruit of the Spirit being in your life will impact them. Maybe the reason your service was so terrible is because they just lost a loved one. And they just aren't with it. They're, they're distraught. and they, they, Maybe they just had something really horrible happen in their life and you know nothing about it. And the way you treat them can change their life. But we get so worried about ourselves and how we're being treated that we fail to bear the fruit of the Spirit. See, the fruit isn't really just for you. If we're supposed to produce the fruit, see, a tree doesn't really produce fruit for its own consumption. It produces fruit for others. There's a reason why, and this is a whole other teaching, and there's a reason why Jesus cursed the fig tree for not produ- producing figs when, it was, when he was hungry. It wasn't producing fruit like and he used that as a a metaphor and a symbol to his disciples of how we should live in our life producing fruit. We should be the most patient, we should be the most kind, we should be the most joyful, the most loving, the most self-controlled people in the world. I'm not saying we'll always be perfect. But I can I can usually tell when somebody's full of the Holy Spirit, not by they pray in tongues and run and dance and shout but by how they act and the fruit that they produce. We are known by our fruit. And so today, if you are not producing fruit in your life, I begin to ask the question, how much is that Holy Spirit really impacting your life? I'm going to end with this one. I have two more, but I'm going to end with this one. I'm gonna save this other one for next week. But in Acts chapter one, verse eight, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ephesians three sixteen says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. The last thing I want us to understand today, and I'll save the other one for next week because it could be a whole message in and of itself, is that the Holy Spirit empowers us. It empowers us to be witnesses, but it also empowers us to be strong in our own faith, to be strong in this life, to stand firm when the winds blow the hardest, to stand up straight in the storm. We need the Holy Spirit to be empowering to us. See, the, how this church will be effective is through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need Him to comfort us. We need Him to teach us and guide us. And we need to remember the Scriptures. We need the comfort. We need the interceding. We need all of those things. But all of those things are connected with our ability to be a witness to this world. Yep. And He empowers us. It doesn't empower us to run and shout and do all those things although sometimes he does but in this case the empowerment the priority is witnessing to the world and sometimes the world needs to see it I, the disciples when they came out of that upper room they were so full of the spirit they were accused of being drunk so there are times when that, that type of thing happens and that's another message for later on but, but what I want us to get today is that the Holy Spirit empowers us in our life to be witnesses, but also just to stand strong in the hardest of times. And we need that truly in our lives today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?